This is One-on-One's NFL Friday, bringing your weekly Jets, Giants, and NFL talk from WFUV Sports. With top guests, weekly fantasy advice, and opinionated analysis, this is One-on-One's NFL Friday. Hello, everybody. I'm Matt Morrow. She's Kelly Coltis. It's week seven, right, Kelly? Week seven. I can't believe it's this far. Week seven of the NFL season. So, welcome into another edition of NFL Friday. Um, if Kelly seems a little bit tired today, please excuse her. She was up all night thinking about the New York Jets. Crying. Not yeah. Crying. Well, I was being nice, but okay, go ahead. She was crying all night about the New York Jets because the New York Jets just can't find a way to win. I think it's more likely they find ways to lose is more accurate. They just they can't find a way either to win or they just find so many ways to lose. It's a new one every week. Either or. That's six weeks in a row now that they've either Hmm. not found that way to win or just found a new way to lose. Um, In all seriousness, I don't know if we expected the Jets to be this bad. No, we did not. Especially because of the fact that you look at some of the games, including this one, and you're like, ooh, they had a shot. Oh, they were so close here. Oh, they should have beat Green Bay. They should have beat Chicago. You're looking at a totally different season. One in six, people were saying, you know, not going to make the playoffs. Eight and eight, seven and nine, six and ten. One in six to start the year. That was not on anyone's radar. Well, since we've got plenty to talk about for Gang Green, let's kick off this week's NFL Friday with the Jets. Oh. Here it is. And uh, while I know you'll be enjoying Kelly Coltis speaking live for the next hour, let's listen to a couple minutes of Jelly- Kelly Coltis speaking recorded already. She's already she's already done this one. Her just report this week. I need a doctor, doctor to bring me back to life. Maybe the Jets do need a doctor or any sort of help to get a win. The Jets surprised the world by losing just 27-25 to the Patriots on Thursday night. But the even more surprising part was that they should have won. The Jets held leads of 9-7 and 19-17, and they even had two opportunities late. A missed two-point conversion and a blocked field goal ended up costing the Jets this great opportunity for a win. Coach Rex Ryan voiced his agitation with the loss. It's just, uh, you know, it's ridiculous to stand here. And uh, after a, a loss, I think where our team's at, it's it's not where this team should be. Uh, there's way too much fight, made too you know way too much heart. But as typical of this season, multiple mistakes cost the Jets in the end. Bad coverage on Shane Vereen put the Jets into an early seven nothing hole, and out of six scoring drives, just two of those were touchdowns. Poor clock management left the Jets with no timeouts at the end of the game and less than a minute to get into field goal range. While the Jets showed some promise, it just seems like too little, too late. The Jets are now 1-6 in six and in desperate need of some help. One thing we did learn, Michael Vick is not the answer, as Geno Smith showed some promise on Thursday, going 20-34 for 34 for 226 yards and a touchdown. This comes right after the Jets showed a valiant effort at home against the Denver Broncos, but once again fell short. In back-to-back weeks, they faced Peyton Manning and Tom Brady and got the two losses we expected. However, the fact that they showed this much fight against New England proves that they don't think this season is over just yet. Still, effort doesn't count when it comes to wins and losses. The Jets need a win badly. It doesn't matter how, they just need one. With the... 
I'm Kelly Cultus, WFUV Sports. Thanks, Kelly Cultus. Now I bring back in <laughs> Kelly Cultus. Um, you said something that I definitely want to talk about. Um, it's one thing to, after that Chargers loss, that was brutal. That was disgusting. I, I even said this a few weeks ago. They just needed to put up a good showing against mm. Denver. And for the most part, they did. Yeah, it wasn't terrible. I mean, I I don't know if the Geno pick six is getting overlooked a little bit at the end of the game. I think it might be. Uh, I think it's getting a little overlooked. I think that they had a shot, again, too. They started out hot. You know, they pressured Peyton Manning, and then that all slipped away. So then people started focusing on that, yeah. and they lost sight of the Geno, Geno Smith, Geno Manning. Wow. Geno Smith pick uh, yeah. six. Um, so they – they they are they do show some life in that game. Mm-hmm. Then it comes to the Patriots, and this game has been talked about you know for a while. This is always a big game on the schedule, no matter what. Uh, people talking about a year ago, Geno Smith's second start is in New England, and that was a close game. But at what point does that not matter anymore? That yeah, they were close, and they just need to find an extra way to win. That that's been the case in pretty much every loss except the Chargers. The Chargers this game. Year. At what point does that add up and say, okay, maybe they just don't have that extra step. Maybe that's not something they can just find because it's not there. That's what I, I think that's exactly right. They just don't have the playmakers right now on this team to succeed in that manner. I mean, you look at some of these guys. Yes, Eric Decker has been making big plays on offense, and they had a great rushing attack yesterday. Our producer, Brendan, gave me a great stat that the Jets were the first team in NFL history to have the ball for over 40 minutes of possessions, have no turnovers, right. and run for 200 yards and still lose a football game. So, I mean, they have different key pieces, but there's not that guy. There's no Darrell, Darrell Revis on defense right. to anchor that. There's no really big, you know, there's no Calvin Johnson or one of those big-name wide receivers on this team, Demarius Thomas, to really be that big home run hitter on well, this team. They and, just don't have that next step. And that was definitely something they could have used early in the game. Because I believe they, I don't know if it was the first four possessions, but they score in the first, the first four possessions they score are mm-hmm. all field goals. Yeah, they scored on their first, I think it's their first five possessions. They finally right. got one touchdown out of it. But if they score one touchdown out of those four, this is a different ball game. Absolutely. And maybe they don't win, maybe because obviously things go differently. That's the beginning of the game. But still, they don't have anybody at the early, early in that game. Now, yeah, Chris Ivory has a really good game. He's a good running back. Chris Johnson's kind of taking a step back. But these guys, even when Chris Johnson was running well at the beginning of the year, he's not a guy who's your superstar. He's not a guy not who's going to anymore. I know. He's not, you know, CJ2K. We were no, past those days absolutely now. absolutely not. And Eric Decker, good signing. I like the signing. I think he was an important player for them to bring in. But it's still not enough. And, yeah, Geno Smith has a good game. But you got to score a touchdown there at the beginning of that game. And field goals... Field goals were, I mean, yeah, you need them, of course. You got it's better than no points at the end. Now, nobody's going to argue that you won't take three points over none. But when you look at how the game turned you out and, and the possession, you were not getting your possessions worth on the scoreboard. No, absolutely not. And you look at it, too. I mean, like you mentioned, that could have been the entire game changer. If they start out there, if they start out hot, they get, you know, they had a great answering drive to the fact New England scores right on their first yeah. drive from the game. The Jets march right down Big the field and they kick a field goal. That would have been such a great, you know, I guess momentum changer to drive right. down the field and get a touchdown tie it right wiped away. Out, would have completely wiped out that first green touchdown. I mean, right off the bat, it's 7-7. It's a different ball game. But I think that's just exposing. It's not anything the Jets really did wrong. I think it's just exposing what the Jets are. They're, They're not, not a very good offensive team. They're not a great team right now. I really, at the beginning of the season, I was being super optimistic. I guess I was just having a really good day or something. <laughs> I said, I think this was on one-on-one on NFL Friday, but I th- said Jets could win 10 and the Giants could win 9. 
Well, they only, only have to rattle off nine straight for you now, Matt, to make yeah. that come true. But that, but even before that, you know, we were talking about the schedule. Mm-hmm. This was their brutal stretch. The Oakland, the Oakland game, you pretty much gave it to them. Mm-hmm. As much as they seemed to not want to take it, you gave it to them. But I, I thought they, they were going to steal a win here and there and win the games they should have won. But if they got on a bad streak to start off this stretch, they could have one win going into the bye. The way they're playing, and I don't at this point I don't even care that these are good showings in the last couple of weeks. I don't think that I don't know if they can win another game before the bye. I mean, I think they might be able to. I mean, think about it. Now they have this whole ten days to let this one really fester in their brains and they come home against Buffalo then the next weekend. I mean, I could see them taking that game. Buffalo is not exactly the best team in the NFL. I'm not taking anything away from them, but it's not like they have to face, you know, another Peyton Manning, another Tom Brady. Right. They're done with that stretch of the schedule. So I do, I can see them coming out and getting a win at least maybe for Rex, even if that's the only reason that maybe they do it for him or they do it for one of the guys on their team because they need some kind of motivating factor because right now this season looks pretty far gone. They have, now, you know, obviously they've kicked off week seven. So even though week seven is still upcoming, they have week 8, 9, and 10 remaining. Home against the Bills week 8. At Kansas City against the Chiefs week 9. And then home against the Steelers week 10. Then they go into a bye. Their schedule gets a bit easier on the other side. The Vikings are in there. The Titans are in there. Dolphins twice. We don't know how good they are really yet. And the Bills again. Depends what happens in that first Bills game. I, I think they're going to get the wins in the back end of the schedule. But my fear for them is it's going to be too late at that point. Because, I mean, do you think... Yeah, they could beat the Bills. They could take care of business, get some. And maybe, I think Rex is out after this year. But maybe they do. Maybe they know that, too. Maybe they think, okay, you know, Rex has really worked hard for us. We had a couple of games. He was not mm. happy last night. No, he was not at um, all. I, I wouldn't be there if I watched his team with that performance. But um, I just, the way they're playing right now, the way they cannot win close games, I don't think they're miles ahead, miles better than any of those teams. The Steelers haven't looked great, and the Bills haven't looked great. No, I know. I think they'll be competitive games. Like I said, yes, can they go 0-3 over that stretch? Oh, absolutely. I don't think they will. I think they'll be able to sneak out at least one or two victories before the bye. I don't see them winning an hour ahead. That one I'm just crossing off the list right now, just looking at that one. That's not ab- That's not happening. They've they've lost six in a row, but it's still only week seven. Is there any chance that they get even close to wild card spot? I don't think so. No? I don't think that this team has the talent to do it. If they do, that's almost a fault on the entire AFC at that point in time if the Jets are going to be one of your wild cards. But listen, they were not that much better last year, and they came within a game at the end of the day. They were eliminated that last week, but they Mm -hmm. were a game Game away away, from being in that conversation. So what was stopping them this year? I mean, yeah, the schedule. The schedule is brutal. The schedule is probably part of it. I guess the fact that, you know, trying to – they had new pieces they brought in, guys like Eric Decker and Chris Johnson to get adjusted to the system, those kind of things, kind of mixing them in. But I just – I don't see them. I mean, you look at some of the other teams around the AFC. I mean, obviously, New England's probably going to come out of the East. That doesn't surprise anyone. You're looking at the North. I mean, Baltimore's been good. Cincy's been pretty good. In the South, you have the Colts. And then in the West, I mean, San Diego, Denver, Kansas City might be able to, you know, rebound another two and three right now. But I could see them rebounding for the second half of their season. You know, Cleveland sits at three and two. There's a lot of other teams besides the Jets, I think, that are going to be in the hunt for a wild card. I just don't see them doing it this year. Uh, Before we wrap up, the Jets will get to we'll look at the rest of the league in a little bit. We'll talk about the Giants at four. I should have mentioned this earlier. Got Paul Schwartz on the show today, New York Giants writer for the New York Post. We'll be talking Giants with him. Um, so we'll we'll talk about that in a little bit. But uh, just to wrap up the Jets here, I, I think, and we kind of talked about it, but 
I, I've said I think Rex has done this year. I don't think it's his fault. But is there any way either. is there any way he's back next year? I mean, I don't see it. I think almost that he should be just because I think I honestly personally put more of the blame for this season on John Idzik. Of and course. Idzik, Idzik has done just an awful it almost seems awful. like a setup for to give him an excuse to bring in his own guy. Exactly. That's exactly what it seems like. And I think that that's getting a little fishy. Honestly, if I was Woody Johnson, I'd fire both of them at the end of the season. Clean house completely. Because it does seem that way. It seemed that the general manager set this team up to right. fail by not bringing yeah. in depth at the cornerback position, depth anywhere, not knowing how to draft, basically, considering their draft picks. You know, Pryor's been maybe okay. He's had a rough start to the year, too. That's basically it that's on the field from his draft. So I don't really think that... He's done at all a good job this year, and I think they both. Honestly, if I was Woody, I would just clean house completely. We'll uh, we'll get to about 15 minutes of general NFL talk, and then we'll get to uh, Christian O'Hara is going to be in for fantasy today. He also is, of course, our WFUV Giants beat reporter, so he'll have his weekly Giants report before we talk to Paul Schwartz of the New York Post about the G-Men. Um, Luckily for you, Kelly, we're not doing any Jets prediction this week, so that's not a Woo, loss for you. Thankfully. Since you seem to pick them every week. Um, not every week, like <laughs> two or three of the weeks. So, of course, we'll have the predictions at the end of the show. We'll see how those go. I shouldn't be talking because I'm probably in last place. Haven't We have the standings this week? We Pat, do. Pat sent them to me. Patrick Burns, Patrick one, Burns of the, one of the brains of this operation with Kelly and Anthony Pusick and Brendan. And, you know, I'm just, I kind of hang around once in a while. But, um, <laughs> Anthony, apparently Anthony says he does nothing. I, I don't, see, this is why I, I just stopped listening to Anthony's music. Anyway, so we'll have, so we do have those standings. We do, we'll, I'm we'll downloading them. them now. All right, it's probably a big file, so hopefully it'll be downloaded by the time, because uh, <laughs> Pat likes to make it really pretty. Hopefully, see, unfortunately, again, we need a video portion of these podcasts. We could show, like, the, the So the graphics, file. he yeah. puts a lot of work All into the graphics, I have nothing. to say. So we'll get to that later, and, and, uh, and. Luckily for Kelly, she won't have to pick wrong this week, at least in the Jets game. But again, I pick wrong somewhere else. Hopefully, I'm. I mean, I'm talking all this smack, and I'm probably in last place. Anyway, let's get to uh, a little bit of general NFL. Like I said, we'll talk about the Giants in about 10, 15 minutes. But the Giants have an opponent this week in the Dallas Cowboys, and this is kind of where I want to go to start it off. Uh, we'll see where we go in this discussion. But the Dallas Cowboys are being pegged by a lot of people right now as the best team in football. Yeah, I still don't know if I agree with that no? either. Why not? No, I mean, they've been tremendous, and their offense has been great. And I will say the best part about them so far this year is their offensive line has kind of been revamped, and they've been able to protect Tony Romo and give him a chance to, you know, have time and not be rushing every single throw. But at the same time, I just don't know how they're going to stand up to other teams. Like, you know what I mean? I feel like they haven't had a true test, except for the Seattle game. The Seattle game just that's a bl- pretty big mind, test. mind-blowing I mean, that's I like that's like not so taking surprised. a test all semester and then you take the SATs. It's a pretty big test. I was so surprised that they were able to pull that off. I think that's what shocked everyone. To say they're the best team in the NFL, though, I think San Diego can give them a run for their money in that one if we're going best team in the NFL. Maybe in the NFC. I mean, I still put the Eagles up there with them. I, I just want to say I'm pretty sure we can look back on the standings maybe. pretty sure I picked the Cowboys last week. Against the Seahawks. So that's a point for me. But <laughs> I don't even know if I 100% believe that because I thought it was a stretch. That was one of my, like, stretch picks. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I mean, they go into Seattle and do that. I Nobody was really shocked when San Diego beat them in San Diego because right. we thought, okay, They're every team's going to lose here and there. They're not going to go undefeated. This is where they're going to do it. It's on the road. Right, exactly. Mm-hmm. That's why. But to do that at home and to completely dominate that game, the score did not tell the story of that game. No, it did not. It was a. It was not as close as the score ended up. 
And the Seahawks did not do much offensively. They got a couple, you know, there was a, a punt block for a touchdown return for like a 20-yard return early in that game. Seattle got a touchdown on. Dallas dominated that game. And DeMarco Murray, somebody who's going to be a real thorn in the side of the Giants this weekend. Uh, he's been absolutely. We talked about. We will talk about that with Paul Schwartz when we get to right, the Giants. Right, we're going to have to ask him about that. He's been a tremendous asset to this team this year. I don't think anyone expected him to have this kind of breakout year either. Right. I mean, we're... The guy we, the guy the Giants saw this past weekend, and uh, we'll have to talk about that. But <laughs> as I was teasing Kelly before the game about the Jets, I kind of forgot that the Giants lost twenty-seven nothing a week ago. But anyway, uh, the guy that they faced in that twenty-seven nothing loss, so Sean McCoy, he was kind of the consensus number one guy, you know. And all the fantasy drafts, look, Sean McCoy is going number one overall. People are talking about him in this Chip Kelly offense. You know, can he even do better than he has been? And he's been okay. You know, he hasn't been great. No, he hasn't been great. Not until last week. Right. I mean, he does. He has a good game last week, but he hasn't been just out of the gate every game consistently spectacular. That's exactly what DeMarco Murray's been. I mean, he has been over the century mark in every game. He's scoring touchdowns. They're running the ball. Dallas wins when they run the ball. Well, you know, when they don't have to take the ball out of Tony Romo's hands and don't make him throw (laughs) 50, 60 times a game. All right. Well, then let's, let's go this way with that then. Do you think Tony Romo at all holds them back from being one of the top teams in the NFL? I don't think so. No, I think not at all. I just think that he's a good quarterback, but I think that he's a good quarterback when he throws 30 to 40 times a game. You start Which putting is a it, lot still. When, he, when, the, when they used to not have a running game, you'd be giving the ball to Tony Romo 50, 50 60 times, times yeah. no, and then he's bizarre. prone to make a ton of mistakes. Right. I think that was a bad situation and, Dallas put him in. And maybe, that is, maybe that's the thing. Maybe he was trying to do too much. And I mean, I think obviously I when you watch some of the, the plays he had, I think the one that stands out to me a year ago was against Detroit, and I think it was in Dallas, and they were winning that game by a lot, and he threw some of the worst interceptions I've ever seen. And I think that was one of those games you chalk up to Tony Romo just, I mean, giving content for people on Monday to, to laugh about. Mm-hmm. But there had to be plenty of times where he said, I'm just, you know, I'm, try- I'm trying to do too much here when you look back on it. And Murray is that guy that if that was the case, he's the solution to that because he's the focal point of the offense right now. Oh, absolutely. Miles Austin is gone. Des Bryant's there, but he's really their one guy. Jason Witten isn't what he used to be. They've got a good, you know, if you let him throw the ball, Tony Romo can sling it around. But DeMarco Murray is the focal point of that offense. Well, also, too, you know, then you do you take pressure off of Tony because at the same time, too, you mean then they can play the run. They don't just have to sit back there, you know, drop eight guys into coverage. You can, you know, they'll have the guys in the box. They'll be, you know, they can't just sit back and wait for Tony Romo to throw and then pick him apart because there's eight guys back there. They'll be, you know, five or six now because they have to always play against DeMarco Murray as well. Uh, I See, this is the thing with the power rankings for me is maybe Dallas is the best team right now. Will they be at the end of the year? I don't know. The Giants could even beat them this week. Probably not, but... You're it, an optimistic Giants fan. I, I don't know. Well, I haven't picked it yet. <laughs> um... Uh, but, you know, that's the thing about football. It could happen any week. I don't think anybody, you know, most of us didn't think. I, Again, I picked it. But most of us didn't think that <laughs> Dallas, gonna Dallas go was going to go into Seattle, Seattle and do, do that. that. Not because of anything about Dallas, because that was where we are just conditioned over the last two years. Seattle does not lose at home. Yeah, that's exactly. It. What do they do? They lose at home. A lot of things can happen. Football is the hardest game to really pick rankings in. But, listen, if that's the, if that's the question right now, I'm going to say Dallas. Yes, San Diego has similar credentials because they beat them too. Mm-hmm. But I'm giving them that extra edge because – Dallas did it on the road in Seattle, and listen, San Diego, look, a very impressive performance when they beat Seattle as well, but I give that little extra step for Dallas and the Cowboys for going in Seattle and doing it there. Well, I mean, I mean, the one knock against San Diego, obviously, is last week's performance when they barely 
nudged out Oakland. I don't know if that's a credit to Oakland, and they decided to play up for Sperano, who came in and yeah. buried the football and right. brought this whole big emotional drive to them. But at the same time, <laughs> I mean, that definitely was a, a shock right. for San Diego to go into Oakland and be like, whoa, we almost they lost almost this game. game. Wow. Right. So it's hard to it's hard for me also to say that they're the best team that's a performance like that, but they did win the game. They did win so the that's, game. That's the tough thing about you know the um, the power rankings in the NFL. Before we move to the Giants, I want to put you on the spot here a little oh, bit. No. Just a little bit. It's not, it's not that hard. Had a couple of unbelievable performances quarterback-wise in the NFL last week. Mm-hmm. One of them was Joe Flacco, who threw 17 touchdown passes against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Yep. Actually, yeah. okay, Brendan's notes say five. but Felt like 17. Five touchdown passes in 16 minutes and three seconds. The fifth one came a minute into the second quarter. They, I mean, it was uh, my dad. I was home for the weekend. My dad has NFL Red Zone, and oh, it was basically why it was basically like we were watching the Ravens Tampa Buccaneers game because it was just on that the entire first quarter of all the games with all those scoring plays. Now, much less golden numbers for Aaron Rodgers in his performance, but I don't know if you saw that drive, that final drive against the Dolphins, and that was the most Aaron Rodgers thing I think I've ever seen. So my question to you is, which is more impressive, Flacco throwing Ooh. 42 touchdowns and no interceptions <laughs> or Aaron Rodgers saying, hey, relax, and being Aaron Rodgers? I almost want to say Aaron Rodgers, not to take away from Joe Flacco, because believe me, that was such an impressive performance. Yeah. But it's I also mean, it's Tampa also, Bay. it's against Tampa Bay. You know, he didn't really do much after that. I mean, he didn't have to, but it wasn't like, you know... He continued that performance. He didn't stay hot. The fact that you just – giving the ball to Aaron Rodgers, he's one of the most clutch quarterbacks, I think, in the NFL right now, if not the most clutch, I guess is the word. I think he's just tremendous. And like you mentioned, he was just so calm, cool, collected. Drove him right down the field. You know, never any worry. You have the ball in his hands. He's one of those guys that you – know, not that the Jets were going to ever get an Aaron Rodgers, but he's one of those guys you need to take that next step to put the ball in his hand and say, I'm going to win this game for you. There's no doubt in your mind. I mean, that's exactly what he did. He took the ball and he won the game. Mm-hmm. I mean, that fake spike play was – just. I mean, I wasn't even shocked. I wasn't even surprised. I was like, oh, look at him. It's Aaron. He did it. <laughs> He's doing it, it was again. incredible. And side note, because that's what I like to do when I have a microphone in front of me because I have all the power. Haha. <laughs> I get to deal on little side tangents. If you haven't gone on ESPN and seen the lookalike thing, it was Tom Rigglesworth, I think is his name. He's a comedian who looks just like Aaron Rodgers. It's like a 10-minute video. It doesn't need to be that long. But watch it. It's hysterical. People in Green Bay think he's Aaron Rodgers, and he just tells them he is. Anyway, the real Aaron Rodgers I mean, he just—I expect these things from him now. It's just unbelievable. I was watching that game, and saying, "Nope, he's gonna—he's got he's it. Gonna he's do gonna it. do he's it. He's got it. No timeouts. He doesn't need a timeout. He's gonna spike the ball. No, nope, I'll just throw it over the rookie wide receiver on the outside, who's gonna get out of bounds. And then, you know, Andrew Qualls, we'll just put him outside, linebacker, throw it to him. Aaron Rodgers, to me, I think. If not already, I think he's the best quarterback in the NFL. I agree with that. I think that I kind of agree with that, too. I mean, you look at guys, no offense to Tom Brady here. And as a Jets fan, you know, Tom Brady's not my most favorite person. I have the utmost respect for him and what he's been able to do up there. But, you know, last year when he had the issues with some rookie wide receivers, he wasn't exactly able to overcome them. You mentioned Aaron Rodgers and his rookie wide receivers. He has trusted them already. He throws them the ball, puts them in big spots. You know, he makes them look better and look like they've been doing it, like Jordy Nelson and Randall Cobb for all these years. I think that's what makes him great. I mean, you saw Greg Jennings has not been what he what he was when he's in Green Bay. Now he's in as a Viking. Aaron Rodgers is one of those guys. He seems like he can do it with anybody. It took him like a year or two to get adjusted, and he was getting sacked all the time. And they were a bad team his first 
year as the starter. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, could they have won the lottery anymore by sno- scooping him up at the end of the round? You go Favre to Rodgers, I two mean, of the there's... best quarterbacks. I think. I mean, Aaron Rodgers, I think, is one of the best quarterbacks in NFL history. Speaking of quarterbacks in NFL history, we also, and Brett Favre, there's also one person on the edge of breaking Brett Favre's record this, you know, this upcoming week, potentially just two touchdowns away. Yeah. Peyton Manning, I mean, the chance to see history, that'd be pretty cool, too. And, I mean, according to Julius Thomas, it's so easy. To score oh, yeah, you could ask him about that, scoring against the Jets, the Jets I mean. Oh. Um... Yeah, I mean, he's got to break it this week, right? I think so. Two I mean, touchdowns. I mean, it's, if, it's, it's if he gets Man. two, it's, it's like only Manning. two. Yeah, yeah, only yeah. two. How dare you? I mean, he's one of those guys that, for me, at least stands in the way a little bit of Rodgers being the best. Just because he's Peyton Manning. Manning. And just, I mean, I know we talked about the Jets, right? But just to go back to that game for a little bit because Sunday we didn't night have football to. too, by the way. Just so you know, it's like I mean, prime time stage. How could the NFL plans these? That things wasn't shifted, so well. right? That was. Just I know the way that it was the. End, I just looked at that. That was the game. Hey, it's in Denver against San Francisco. That's tremendous. I don't think it's time they could shift yet. Um. Because we didn't get to spend too much time on the Broncos game because obviously the Jets played the Pats last night. But the one thing I will say is, you know, what we were talking about a little bit, I think it was me and Kenny doing the show last week. Mm-hmm. Listen, the Jets like to rush, and Peyton Manning does not do well under pressure. The Jets got to him a little bit. But even then, you saw it, he was able to make a couple adjustments and ultimately. You know, lead his team I think victory. once he got done sacking himself, which happened a couple times in the beginning of the game when he just kind of tripped and fell and just went right down. I think once he got past those little bumps in the road, yeah. he decided he just went, you know, he just went down the field. He found his guys. I mean, he had the great opening play to Demarius Thomas for like 50 yards and didn't do much after that for about a quarter. Right. But then once he got going, it, Peyton Manning is one of those quarterbacks that once you let him get into a rhythm, you're yeah, done. Yeah. You're done for. I mean, I even though the Jets had a good chance in part of that first half because it was a low-scoring game. They're really maybe Peyton Manning's having some, you know, flashbacks to the Super Bowl. It's his first time so back when the, in when the center life. messed up the spot. Yeah, that was just total deja vu. It was unbelievable. <laughs> yeah, but uh, I think we're both in agreement. Peyton Manning gets history uh, this week. What mm. are the, the the all-time touchdown in yeah? Career, he's at five oh six. Favre has five oh eight. So does he tire pass this week? Ooh, I say he pass. Passes. He could throw yeah, three. Passes. It's three touchdowns. It's Peyton Manning. Because they're not going to run it in for a touchdown. I mean, no. even their goal line offense is like, okay, we'll dump it off to a tight end, whatever. And Julius Thomas, because it's so easy. easy. He just scores We'll touchdowns. just be right there and do it. So I think we're both in agreement. Uh, Peyton Manning is going to have 509 touchdowns at least as he moves into week eight. Um, yeah, so uh, that was a little more extra jets for you, Kelly. Oh, thank you. But, That's what uh, I wanted to do. Hey, uh, Brendan, how about some Big Blue? Well, we mentioned Christian O'Hara will be in to do some fantasy in just a little while. But first, we'll talk to Paul Schwartz, New York Giants writer for the New York Post, right after Christian's Giants report. The New York football Giants are on the road again this Sunday to face another NFC East foe, the Dallas Cowboys. Coming off a brutal loss in Philadelphia, New York needs to find a way to get back on track in a hurry. Big Blue was manhandled last Sunday from start to finish, allowing Eli to be sacked eight times, giving up 149 yards on the ground to the previously struggling LaShawn McCoy, and losing Victor Cruz for the season thanks to a torn patellar tendon. However, there is no time to dwell on last week, as Dallas has a 5-1 record, tied for the best in the NFL. The Cowboys' last win may have been the most impressive of the season across the league. They went to Seattle and beat the defending Super Bowl champion Seahawks, handing quarterback Russell Wilson only his second home loss of his career. 
Big Blue will have to figure out a way to limit DeMarco Murray, the leading rusher in the National Football League. At the pace he's on, Murray is set to break the single-season record for carries. Tony Romo is playing quite possibly the best football in his career, with only two interceptions in his last five games. Here's what Coach Coughlin had to say about the Cowboys' recent success. Uh, their offense has done an outstanding job of controlling the ball, controlling the clock. They're number one in the league in rushing. They're scoring 27.5 points a game, 56% on third down. The Giants certainly have their hands full. Their defense will need to force Tony Romo into errant throws and figure out a way to disrupt Dallas's rhythm on offense. That starts up front with Jason Pierre-Paul. He will need to play at an elite level for New York to have any shot to win on Sunday. John Beeson and the linebackers will also need to be successful in their task of quieting DeMarco Murray and covering Jason Witten. On the other side of the ball, the offensive line will have to show much improvement and keep Eli upright for the team to have any fluidity on offense. Ruben Randall and Odell Beckham Jr. will see many more touches as a result of the crew's injury. I think the G-men will keep this game competitive, but I don't see how they can limit Dallas on offense. I like the Cowboys in this one, 35-27. With the Giants report, I'm Christian O'Hara. All right, now let's talk to Paul Schwartz, New York Giants writer for the New York Post. Uh, Paul, thanks for uh, coming on the show today. Anytime, guys. You got me before I head out to Dallas tomorrow. So oh, perfect. Perfect. Well, uh, you were in Philly last week, so I want to start there. And I think the the biggest question, the biggest topic at least to talk about is Victor Cruz. Um, kind of seen watching the game even on TV, you knew right away that this was more than your average knee injury. Uh, we now know the length and the recovery time for him. How big of a blow is this Victor, Victor Cruz injury for the Giants in, a, in an uncertain season? Well, you know, you look at it on a couple of different levels. First of all, he's their best receiver on the team. So that's number one. From a four, pure football point of view, he's their most accomplished receiver. He's their best receiver. He's the guy that commands the extra attention of the uh, uh, defensive players on the other team. So, you know, number one, you know, go down the list of, of, you know, he's not the best player in the league, the best receiver in the league, but he's the Giants' best receiver. So, you know, you look at any team and you say, okay, take away their best receiver, how much of a loss that is. It's a big loss. And then you have just the emotional factor. Um, he's a very popular player. He's a local guy from Patterson, New Jersey. He's got a very big following. Um, uh, you know, ranks to riches story. Everyone in the Giants' locker room knows that. He's a team captain. So there's an emotional loss there as well. And also the, the other factor is, as you mentioned, in Philadelphia, it was such a devastating scene. You know, sometimes guys tear their ACL and they walk off the field. They have a slight limp. They walk off the field. They get some, uh, um, you know, the trainer takes the field. They, they go to a little x-ray, maybe an MRI, and, okay, you've got an ACL, you're done. And it's not dramatic. It, it's, it's, it's very um, uh, damaging, but it's not dramatic as far as the scene on the field. But this was very dramatic, very difficult to watch. Seeing a guy jump up and pretty much grab his right knee in pain before he even hit the ground. And, you know, the screams, you know, players, uh, intro roles said he still can hear the screams in his head. So, uh, you know, that, that was very uh, traumatic for a lot of the players. So they got to, uh, you know, put all this behind them as soon as possible and move on with the, uh, with the rest of the season. And now, Paul, you know, now that the Giants have to face life without Victor Cruz, you mentioned in one of your articles Odell Beckham stepping up to fill his shoes. Who else can step up around them to, I guess, bring some more life, some more talent back to the receiving core for Eli Manning? Well, I think they're calling a young Plaxico Burris and a young Amani Toomer, and they're going to try to get, <laughs> get, get those guys Hopefully back. Hopefully they're available. 
yeah, see if they well, they're available, all right. Not the versions they need. Right. It, it, it's well. Look, uh, the, the beauty of it is, uh, you know, injuries are terrible. But the Giants drafted a, a guy in the first round, Odell Beckham Jr. And if not for this lingering, you know, prolonged nagging hamstring issue, he would have been front and center much more quickly. Uh, you know, would have been up to speed. You know, by this point, might have had you know twenty, twenty-five catches and been a real force. Now he's just kind of feeling his way back after uh, you know missing all that time with the hamstring. But he's a great talent. Uh, you know, he has to. Uh, ben McAdoo, the offense coordinator, just said yesterday he's got to get his football legs back under him. Uh, you know, he's still doing that. But, um, you know, he's a guy who can certainly pick up some of the load. And, you know, the Giants are going to have to hope that he's a real quick study and can kind of forego the rookie growing pains. Uh, Ruben Randall is a former second-round pick. He's been a good player um, in, in his two years at the Giants. The Giants need more from him right now. And then you look at a guy like Preston Parker, who's been a journeyman. Uh, you know, he's been a, a pretty good player in his short time with the Giants. I think he can work out of the slot where Victor Cruz worked. And they um, just signed a guy, Kevin Oldestree, from the Cowboys and the Lions, uh, some other teams. And, you know, he's a young guy. He's not a great player, but I think he's a smart guy from the University of Virginia. And, uh, you know, in time, maybe he'll do a little something. But really, Jonas is on the first-round pick, Odell Beckham Jr., and the second-round pick, Reuben Randall. Now, the injury itself to Victor Cruz, obviously the, the, he tears his right patella tendon. Very ugly injury, but the game itself was pretty ugly before that. Uh, it was a lot of talk during the week throughout, you know, from both sides, the Eagles and Giants, from fans, from actual players, from the team, that, that bizarre cartoon of Eli Manning from the Eagles. A lot of build-up to this game, and it seemed like the Giants just didn't come out to play. Was it more the Giants just not getting off on the right foot, or are the Eagles really that good this year? Well, Look, the Eagles are five and one, and um, all we heard about last week was that they're not playing great. Their offense is not playing great. Right. LaShawn, LaShawn mm-hmm. McCoy is averaging two point nine yards a, a carry. Uh, Nick Foles is not the quarterback he was last year. So I think a couple of things came into play. First of all, I think the Giants bought into that a little bit. They, they they certainly respected McCoy and Foles and the Eagles, but maybe not to the degree that they should have. Uh, I also think the Giants are feeling too good about themselves, coming off three straight victories. You know, it's human nature. Uh, to some extent, but um, you know, I don't think the Giants carried themselves going into that game at the link. As we are underdogs here, we are fighting and scratching and clawing, and, and you know, we have to do everything it takes to get out of there to win. I thought the Giants felt they could just show up, play a good game, and win. And you know, they very much um, you know refused. Here, here's a perfect example. They, uh, they said, "Look, the, the pace of the, of the Eagles' offense will not be an issue." Uh, they were adamant about that. And then they go out, they really get knocked around the first series. Okay, they survive. They hold the uh, Eagles to a field goal. Then the second series, the Eagles with that fast pace come down and score a touchdown. And, you know, the Giants were really on their heels all game. So, you know, the Eagles are good. They were playing at home. Uh, they played a very good game. But they didn't play a flawless game. And I think there were some opportunities for the Giants to get back in that game. But the Giants really, the, their offensive line and their defensive lines were really, really bad. And it compromised everything they tried to do all night. Paul, you mentioned LaShawn McCoy in that, you know, looking ahead to this week, they have to face probably right now the best running back in the league in DeMarco Murray. How do the Giants even go about trying to slow him down at this tor- at this torrid pace he's been going off on? Well, he's uh, as you said, he's got um, six straight 100-yard rushing games and the only, only to start a season. And the only other running back to ever do that in NFL history is Jim Brown in 1958. And, you know, my, my rule of thumb is, Anytime you can uh, be talking about a running back and compare him <laughs> in any way to Jim Brown, it's pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, so if he gets 100 yards against the Giants, then he uh, sets an all-time NFL record for most 
100-yard games to start a season. He's a much different runner than LaShawn McCoy, more powerful, um, less uh, cutbacks, uh, obviously devastating, and he's averaging 26.5 carries per game. So he will get the ball early and often. He's very good in, in the first quarter of these games. He leads the league in uh, first downs produced. Um, well, I think the main thing is, uh, first of all, the Giants have to get a, a much better performance out of John Beeson. John Beeson came back last week from uh, missing the last three games. The Giants are 3-0 and without John Beeson and 0-3 with him. And it's certainly not all his fault or all his discredit, but there's something there. Uh, he was a, a, an excellent player for the Giants last year, really, really made a huge difference in the run defense last year. And, you know, with these foot and toe issues, he's just not been the same player. He practiced more this week than he has in, in previous weeks. So, you know, if the Giants can get him back to the form that they need him to be, you know, I think they've been properly humbled. And I think they can certainly do a better job against Murray than they did against Sean McCoy. Now, uh, DeMarco Murray mentioned him as one of the best running backs in the league. A lot of people are pegging the Cowboys as one of the best teams in the NFL right now, coming off a huge win out in Seattle. Uh, you come into this fifth year of the Giants, you come into this stretch, Eagles-Cowboys right before the bye, and you thought this would be a huge win if they could beat the Eagles, and they don't. But now, yes, the Cowboys were, were that good a week ago, and the Giants looked that bad. But it's, it's tough to label the must-win and everything like that, but how big would a win this week be? You'd only be a game behind the Cowboys – at that point, going into the bye, how big would a Giants win this week be? Well, they'll be they'll be um, you know several games behind these teams if they lose. Uh, right. Well, it, it's a huge difference. Uh, two weeks, you know, they play this game, then they don't play for two weeks. Uh, sitting at four and three, coming off a big win in Dallas, will be um, very uplifting. You know, the Giants will be on schedule and on pace for what they need to do this year. That's not guaranteeing anything, but after an zero and two start, they will have rebounded beautifully. And, uh, you know, they will have shown a, a tremendous resiliency by coming back from that game last week. Uh, if they lose, then, um, you know, the wheels aren't coming off the bus, but they're uh, starting to lose some air in their tires. There's no question about it. They will have lost again. They will be three and four. They will be way behind in the division, behind the Cowboys and the Eagles. So, you know, it, it's, it's, you can't have long losing streaks in the NFL and hope to and, and hope to be a playoff team. They already started the season with two losses. If this is another loss, it'll be in the division. It'll be a second straight loss. It will be very damaging. And considering that they have the Colts coming out of the bye, and then at Seattle, and then the 49ers, and then the Cowboys again, you know, at some point you're going to have to uh, beat some of these playoff-type teams, and uh, this would probably be a good place to start. Paul, you mentioned that the Giants had, you know, the issues with the offensive line and the defensive line last week against the Eagles. Which one really has to step up against the Cowboys for the Giants to be successful? Well, I mean, it's like saying, you know, which kid, you know, which of your children do you like that? <laughs> <laughs> or, or, you know, which of your children do you need to punish if they both do something wrong? Uh, but but I, I think, uh, I'll put it this way, the offensive line was, was just abysmal last week. The defensive line wasn't good, but the offensive line was dysfunctional. I, I mean, I, I couldn't even come up with a proper evaluation of Eli Manning in that game because he just didn't have any time. I mean, there was no – he didn't throw the ball up for grabs. You know, there, there, was, there was, I think, of the six sacks against Eli, four of them came when he had less than three seconds to throw the ball. So, I mean, he just had no chance. Uh, so, I think the offensive line was really, really embarrassed. I mean, Justin Pugh said it was the worst performance of his career and said, he first of all, he couldn't sleep when he got home. He felt so sick. And then – once he did go to sleep, he said he kept on getting uh, waking himself up and thinking it was a nightmare that he went through that. So, you know, he, and, and, and Justin Pugh surprisingly said after he gave up an early sack, 
he kind of went in the tank. He was so so concerned by that and bothered by that that he was just kind of in, in, in don't screw up mode the rest of the game. And, you know, that's no way to play. So uh, um, it was a very poor performance across the board. And so they really need to, you know, if they give Eli Manning some time here, even without Victor Cruz, this Cowboy defense has played very well, but they're not a bunch of pro bowlers out there. They're very quick, but they give up over five yards a game on the, uh, on the ground, which, and I think you can throw the ball a little on them. But, you know, nothing will happen if Eli has guys in his face. So I think the offensive line, if I would have to name one position group uh, of the whole team, I would say that's the one that has to have a big comeback here. All right, Paul, before we let you go, does Eli get enough time? Does Justin Pugh play better? Do they replace Victor Cruz? Is it enough this week to get over the hump and get into the bye with a win? No, 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 no. <laughs> that was quick. Wow. Thanks for having me on. Um, um, uh, it, it's um, Well, you, you know, uh, you know it, they're a very hard team to gauge, the Giants. They really are. You know, a lot of times when you think they're going to bounce back in previous years, they've not. Uh, they've let things kind of wallow. You know, they've had a lot of big-time, big number losses where they've lost by double digits. Um, I just don't get the sense this is a team that is getting ready to play a very big game in Dallas. Now, I think the Giants have to hope a couple of things. Number one, that, that the Cowboys are feeling really good about themselves after being the Seahawks. I know it's a divisional game, and I know it's against the Giants, but, uh, you know, they looked at the, they looked, they studied that game at the Eagles, and, you know, if they watched a lot of that film, they have to be feeling good about themselves. And maybe the combination of feeling good about the victory in Seattle and feeling good about the Giants playing so poorly, maybe the Cowboys are a little bit full of themselves, and that plays into the Giants' hands. Uh, they've won five in a row, the Cowboys. And I think there is some segment of uh, the population of Dallas that thinks, uh, you know, the air has to come out of this balloon a little bit. So, uh, but, but that's wishful thinking. You know, that, that's up to the Cowboys, not up to the Giants. I think uh, the Giants have a better game in them, but I just don't think they have enough right now to go into Dallas and win. Um, I'd be um, not shocked if they win. I'd be um, somewhat surprised if they win this game. I'll put it that way. He's Paul Schwartz, New York Giants writer for the New York Post. Paul, thanks a lot for the time today. Anytime. Take care, guys. All right, so that was our little bit of Giants speak there, Christian. And since we have you here, you're doing our, our fantasy segment. Yeah, well, we'll get to our fantasy bumper. Well, I want to give them plenty of time because that's one of our favorite bumpers. But right. while they while they queue it up, I'll give you a little little time to spiel about about the G-Men. Yeah. We heard, we heard what Paul had to say. We heard you had to say in the Giants report. But let's just let's go at it again. What do you think? I mean, we're going to do predictions later, but yeah. is there really any realistic chance that they can beat the Cowboys this week? Yeah, I mean, there's a realistic chance that they can win any game. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, but yeah. The Jets um, can win, too. Down, I mean, yeah. 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 So, the Jets can um, beat the Broncos and the Patriots. No, but, yeah, I mean, looking at this on paper, it's going to be real tough. Uh, they're, they're playing, arguably, you guys were talking about it, the best team in the National Football League at their place, coming off a not just a loss in the standings, but an emotional loss with the loss of Victor Cruz for the season. Um, guys like Ruben Randall and Odell Beckham are going to get a lot more touches, hint, hint. Um, so guys, guys like that are going to have to step up, and that defense did not look good at all against LaShawn McCoy. They got torched through the air. Um, so, and then they go on and you know have to face DeMarco Murray, the NFL's leading rusher. So to be honest, it, it looks bleak, but again, any given Sunday. All right, Christian, we've talked Jets, we've talked Giants, we've talked yeah. general NFL. Now let's get to the real hard-hitting, yeah. important stuff, fantasy football. It's time for some fantasy football talk. Who are the best picks around the NFL? Plus, start them and sit them to help you win your league. Fantasy football, baby. Christian O'Hara is here with us here now, Kelly. And uh, 
I don't know how your fancy teams are doing, but mine are doing surprisingly well. And emphasize on surprising because I am usually not a very good fantasy football player. There's a reason that I did not apply to be a fantasy expert this season on <laughs> NFL Friday because that would be a lie. I'm not an expert in fantasy, but Christian, that's that's why you're here, bro. Apparently, that's why I'm bro, here, Bro, that's why you're here. I'm, uh, I'm going to do two stardom, two sit and a player to watch this week. All, All right. right. So, let's get it started. I got Matthew Stafford stardom versus the New Orleans Saints. New Orleans gives up... 268 yards per game through the air. They have a two and three record. I think Stafford. Poor Rob Ryan, man. Carve up that defense, and Rob Ryan is going to be left with more memes making fun of his face (laughs) after they lose. He's got great hair, though. Yeah, he does. He really does. Probably a lot better than his brother Rex. But you know what? He's probably in a better situation because I think I think uh, we'll get to that later. I think they'll uh, they'll do fairly well in Detroit. Stardom, Reuben Randall versus the Cowboys. Ooh. Now, if Eli gets any semblance of time right. this weekend to throw the ball, Big if. I think that Reuben Randall will be a key factor in this game on Sunday. He'll obviously get a lot more touches because of the Cruz injury. While Dallas doesn't give up the most yards per game through the air, the Giants and, and Cowboys usually tend to be shootouts, especially at Cowboys Stadium. Now, let's go to Sidham. Ronnie Hillman versus the San Francisco 49ers. That stingy defense um, that the 49ers play, they give up 80 yards per game on the ground. I think this is going to be, again, another shootout. He's been a, he's been a popular pick with Monty Ball out. He has. However, I don't think that the, the 49ers defense will give up the yards that, that, that um, will be needed for Hillman to put up big numbers. You got any of these guys, Kelly? I don't, you know. See, the thing is, I actually am not playing fantasy football this year. After winning, whoa, the, oh, after whoa, winning the league whoa. last year, took a year off, you whoa. know, she, just didn't have. She goes out, go out on top. I go out on yeah. top, man. Hey, I do. It's the way but, to do it. you know, I keep an eye right. on what's going on. The I have one, a question saved up for him okay. when we get The uh, one time, don't worry, don't worry, everybody. Kelly will still tailor to your fantasy needs. She knows that's why everybody's listening to this show right now. Fantasy football. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, I understand that. Yeah, I see. The, if I, the only time I ever won my league was on auto pick. So that's why I have to stick around. I have to win on a a legitimate reason. I have to win on a legitimate reason. So that's why I'm still hanging around. So, so okay, all right. uh, Last sit him, Darren McFadden versus the uh, Arizona Cardinals. Um, You know, the Raiders don't have a win yet. Um, He he's going to get the ball. You think, all right, he's going to get the most touches because of the Jones Drew injury, but. Arizona gives up, gives up even less yards than San Francisco. They give up 76 on the ground per game. Sit Darren McFadden and a player to watch against a player to watch Eddie Lacy against the Carolina Panthers. Carolina gives up 140 yards on the ground. Hmm. Lacy's back. He, he's relatively healthy. I think he'll get in the end zone at least once on Sunday. All right, Christian, I have to ask you. Yes. So looking at my last year's fantasy team, we'll do this. <laughs> I had LaShawn McCoy who was able right. to help me right. win everything as he was tremendous last year. Philly's on a bye this week, so if I had him this year, I'd have to be finding a running back. Who's a right. running back that I could plug into that situation? Um, I mean, if you don't have him on your team right now, it'd be obviously very hard to get him. But Demarco Murray against the Giants, oh, yes. I don't. Well. <laughs> I, yeah, I don't <laughs> you pick yeah, him up off I, waivers. I don't. I don't think you can pick him off. Pick him up off waivers, but. A guy um, that is doing really well out in San Diego, Brandon right. Oliver. He's tearing it up. I, you saw it first Tore time against the Jets. the Jets. I jumped on him so, in one of my uh, leagues. Yeah. off big and, uh, this week. Honestly, he's Good not owned, I don't think, in 100% of leagues. No, so he's not yet. If you can go out and get a guy like Brandon Oliver, go go pick him up. Uh, I, I picked him up. And <laughs> and it's it paying off well. for you right yeah, now? Yeah. He, you know what? He, so he Christian, reminds I, me of Darren like, Sproles. I like where you're going so far yeah. because that was good advice yeah. last week. <laughs> And I, I might yeah. be listening to some so. of this advice. Um, yeah. Now, here, this was the dilemma last week. I'm going to go with the same question oh, no. that I had a week ago. Cam Newton or Eli Manning? And last week, Drew Street, he's, he put me in the wrong direction he because I played Eli Manning. And to right. be fair, I'd already made that decision. I was probably going to play Eli 
Anyway. But I have a quick thing. You know, Kelvin Benjamin is questionable with a concussion. That's, that's like he's their best receiver. favorite guy. He's so their best receiver. I um, love him, but I, continue. <laughs> I, I just am afraid of Cam Newton because he's just inconsistent, and he gets hurt. I mean, even that Cincinnati game, look, he played an extra quarter right, in that game. They right. ended up tying, which we didn't get to really talk yeah. about, but that's that shouldn't happen. Vontaze Burfick yeah, no, tried to break yeah, his ankles. Yeah, Vontaze Burfick is just, yeah. just yeah. Yeah. He's snapping doing the Kurt Angle ankle lock on people all the time now. Exactly. But I just, I just get scared of Cam Newton. Is that a legitimate concern? This week, I don't think so, Matt, because while I do think Eli will obviously have a better game than he did in Philadelphia, Green Bay's secondary is very thin right now. Sam Shield is out. Uh, Tremont Williams is questionable. Some Packers officials called it a game-time decision. And while um, Eli and Cam will put up similar numbers through the air, Cam always has that rushing factor. You're not going to get those rushing yards out of Eli this week. Um, and Green Bay's defense has been known to give up tremendous amounts of yards to mobile quarterbacks, as you've seen before, you know, Colin Kaepernick in playoff games. So if I were you, Matt, uh, I like Eli's prospects this week, but I'd go with Cam Newton against Green Bay. Now, looking at another game, New Orleans-Detroit, is Calvin Johnson ever going to be back on the field full time for these things? This year. For these fantasy you know, owners, because I mean, he's sitting again, know. and Jim Caldwell's like, "Oh, we're not going to rule him out mm. just yet." When are they ever going to just make the decision? Maybe sit him down for a week, rest right. him, get him back to full strength. Can we see that sometime soon? I think Jim Caldwell hinted at a week eleven return, but I'm not sure. Depending on how his injury progresses, because honestly, the Lions, you know, they don't really care about what guys like I have to say. <laughs> you know, fantasy football, they want to make sure their guy is healthy for the long run and well, in the playoffs. Well, he fin- they finally they finally did sit him down last right. week, but for a couple weeks straight, he was oh no, he'll be in it, and he's a right. decoy, no, no, no. he's a straight decoy, and that. Listen, you got a guy could get hurt like that if he's exactly. out there. You saw, he's not doing you what he saw firsthand, do. Kelly, uh, against the Jets. He had what one catch, two catches. Yeah, one catch for like two or three. Two yards. catches, two catches for twelve yards, week four against right. the Jets. There one catch for seven yards, week five. And those those three targets, those right. three catches were his three targets in those two weeks. And he doesn't even play against Minnesota, a team you think he could have a big game right. against if healthy, but obviously isn't. So is that is that the right move, sitting him down for now? Oh, one hundred percent. They've been hit because they got the week nine bye, so two more games, and then they come back week ten. One hundred percent. Now, while he's a he's the best receiver in the league, let's let's no doubt. It's you know, no, no doubt. That's a no doubt uh, statement. But um, his production isn't there. He's obviously hurt, and one bad hit could put him out for the entire season. I would pick up a guy like Andre Holmes out in Oakland, maybe James Jones. David Carr likes to air the ball out over there, and even though they don't have a win, they have to generate some sort of offense. So Carr likes those two guys, and um, but yeah, I would go. I would go with sitting, sitting Calvin Johnson. Well, looking at the same game then too. I mean, Jimmy Graham's a guy that's been iffy as well, but now they came out. The Saints said after Thursday, you know, we're still optimistic. Do you see him playing, or is he, you know, likely a shot or no? I think he's going to sit out this week. I, I would look for him to come back next week. Um, again, fantasy. I have Jimmy Graham. On one of my teams, mm-hmm. so I'm sitting him this week. I picked up Larry Donnell, you know, a little uh, home cooking here right, as a Giants you, you fan. Know, you're gonna start but, uh, him. I mean, yeah, like, I'm gonna start, start yeah. himself. This start week? Larry Donnell. Yeah, so you know that that story with uh, him sitting himself and he goes out and scores three touchdowns. <laughs> um, but you know, pick up a guy off waivers if you can't. You know, a tight end position is more of a fill-in position mm-hmm. week to week. So I would think that there will be guys available for sure on the waiver wire. All right, Christian, don't go anywhere. I'll be right here. Guys. Fantasy's over, but if fantasy's not your favorite segment. Picks has got to be. It's that time, baby. Pick time. Let's look into the crystal ball for some weekly NFL predictions. All right. Whoa. Oh, forgot about the music. Ooh, nice. <laughs> Scare you a little bit That's, there. That's another reason it's the best part. All right, Kelly. Has that file downloaded? Do we have Pat standing before we start the picks? Anthony and them have it. Anthony. I do not. All right, Anthony. Do we, uh, we'll get to them later maybe? All right. We'll get <laughs> to the standings later. First first game, you know, we can't do the Jets this week. Giants 
I'm not I'm not going first. I'm not going first. I a host, I don't I get all the power. I'm not going first. Kelly, you're going first. Alright, Giants at Dallas. They're not walking out of Dallas with a win. I'm sorry. Tony Romo, DeMarco Murray, two touchdowns each at least. Dallas takes this one. Alright, fine. I'll, I'll I'll go second because this one is an easy one. Dallas wins. Come on. Giants think. As much as I want to pick the Giants, and it wouldn't sh absolutely shock me if they won, I'm going with Dallas. I'm using my head over my heart. All right, guys, in the back. I'm going to go with Dallas, too. And Dallas. All right, so is that that's so five. We're all in the Dallas Five trend. Cowboys. We're yeah. sipping the uh, Dallas Kool-Aid. Understandable. So no, nobody's picking the Giants. So then Eli Manning's going to come rattle off four touchdowns, what you're saying? Uh, that's probably yeah, what's Probably yeah. the way that goes. Yeah. All right, next game on our list here. We get four other games this week instead of three. Cincinnati against the Colts. This one, it's this a one's a little tougher. tough. Cincinnati looked great game. at the beginning, but Andrew Luck really looks like he's becoming the kind of quarterback that we thought he would when he was drafted number one overall. This is tough. I, I like Andrew Luck. I'm going with the Colts. Stop picking my lines, Matthew. Uh, nice. I kind of agree on this one, too. I'm a big fan of Andrew Luck this week. I think Cincinnati got a little rattled by that tie. I just don't see them responding as well this week. I'm taking Indy. Everybody loves Andrew Luck. Andy Dalton, it's time to start earning your money. Wow. I'm going with the Bengals. Hello. All right, any more surprises back there, Brendan? I think we got two equal teams in, the, yeah, uh, in this matchup. I'm going to go with Andrew face. Luck at home. Okay. Give me Andy football over Red Dalton, <laughs> which would actually be, yes, Andrew Luck over Red Dalton. Let's give me oh, Indianapolis. Oh, I see. Andy football could have been Andy Dalton there. That was all right, but you clarified. Red is not Andrew Luck. All right. Next on the list, we're going Carolina and Green Bay. So another team that was in that tie last week, Carolina and Cincinnati tied. But I just went on a little, like, five-minute gush Love session on, for, for Aaron Rodgers, and deservedly so. Uh, he's great, and he's, you know, not too hard on the eyes, Kelly, so I think I deserve to talk a little bit about them. And after doing that, there's no way I'm allowed to pick against them, but I do think I think the same thing. I think Carolina, coming off a of tie, is probably weird. Coming off a great game-winning drive for Aaron Rodgers, Green Bay wins the one. I think what Christian was saying before about Carolina and against Green Bay secondary and Cam Newton having a decent day, if Kelvin Benjamin was full strength and healthy, I might be persuaded to that's pick big, Carolina, big, yeah. but since he's not entirely, he's still concussion, I gotta go with our boy Aaron Rodgers. I think this might be a closer game than people think, but I'm going with the best quarterback in football, Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers. Well, you told me to pick Cam Newton in fantasy, Christian. Hey, he could have a big game and right, still I lose trust, the game. I still trust. Don't worry, I'm, I'm just teasing you, man. Right, I'm just giving you the information. In the back. <laughs> I'm going with Andrew, uh, Green Bay at home. Green Bay. Rodgers, Lambeau over Carolina. Rodgers. Rodgers, discount double check. Kansas City, San Diego. This is an intriguing one. This is a little... Because I don't know if we think Kansas City is what they were last year when they started. And they weren't even that at the end of the year last year. Yeah, but that was New England was bad for a stretch, I guess. I, see, it's, that's why this one's tough. I'm going to go Kansas City. I think... Look, Ooh, San Diego... Okay. All right, Matt. They came... Oh, new music. Hey. Um, look, <laughs> San Diego did not... <laughs> they did not play well last week against Oakland. They should have lost against Oakland. And, you, yeah, they could bounce back, but why not? They give it to the Chiefs. All right. You got your little love fest with Aaron Rodgers. I didn't have a chance to have my love fest with Phillip Rivers. Oh, I here's think, your opportunity. I think Phillip Rivers is a tremendous. Even though he throws like a shot put. You know <laughs> it's effective. Yeah. It's, it's effective. It's effective. I think he's had a tremendous year. He seems to be one of those quarterbacks that gets better as he ages almost. I think that he's been tremendous. And I think him and your boy Brandon Oliver, they have Brandon this one Oliver. especially at home. 
I'm going with Kelly on this one. I'm going with the San Diego Chargers. They had an off week last week, Matt. What, what, what can you say? Oakland was desperate for a win. They didn't get Make it. This San, personal. San, huh? San Diego right. will uh, will come out and will beat the Chiefs. All right, all right. Boys in the back. What do you got? Kansas City on the road in San Diego. See, that's why Aaron Rodgers may here. be the best quarterback, but Phillip Rivers is playing like it. Give me San Diego over Kansas City. San Diego, and we can't finish the end of that Anchorman line because it's inappropriate. No, not at all. Final game we're picking here before our upsets. This is another another nice one. San Francisco, Denver. Sunday night football. <sighs> I'm going to execute my executive power once again. I'm waiting to see what you people say on this <laughs> one. But, Kelly, I already put you on the spot. All right. Christian's got to go first this time. Colin Kaepernick will walk into them, Mile High Stadium and beat the Denver what? Broncos on Sunday. This is a day of celebration. Peyton Manning is going to celebrate <laughs> yeah, the fact that on, he dude. is going to break the record. He's going to lead them to Bro. victory in his record-breaking day. Peyton Manning has got this one. Hey, Christian, what's going on up there, man? He, he made got, a personal list. You got to risk it to get him. the biscuit, Matt. You know? <laughs> Whatever that means. <laughs> I do not think Colin Kaepernick's walking into Mile High Stadium <laughs> and getting that biscuit. Um, I just don't. I don't trust him. I don't know. I don't think he's. I think he looked great at first, but I don't think he's been that much better than Alex Smith was when he was there. Clark Kaepernick obviously point. is more dynamic, but he could run too. Fair point. Uh, he's gonna. Peyton Manning's getting that record this week, and he, they're gonna win the game. All right, dudes. I called your boys last time. You're really men. Brent, go ahead. Go ahead. Give me your picks. Come on. Uh, Peyton Manning in Mile High City. I don't see him losing. All righty. Peyton Manning. It's Denver, guys. All right, so we only have we only had one San Fran there, Christian. I yeah. listen. I might disagree with you, but I like that. I like when we're not all on the same. Christian's page. been by himself twice so far. Yeah, today. Cincinnati and Good San for you, Francisco. Man. Hey, they got they got to back me up. They got to they got to prove it on the field. <laughs> all right, guys. So that's upsets. It's upset time. Oh, and see, we plan we planned that new music for the upsets. That was totally planned. Don't argue us otherwise. All right, upset picks picks this week. Let's see. There there's some intriguing ones. Um. I mean, Tennessee, Washington, how could that even, even be don't, a game? No, I'm not. I'm just going through them. <sighs> this is a you tough one. You still don't have one? No. Well, you know what? I picked I picked St. Louis last week against uh. San Francisco, and it didn't happen. At St. Louis, I'm picking the Rams oh, wow. over the Seattle Seahawks. Wow. Yeah, You're putting right. the Seahawks at 500? Hey, let's have some fun here, man. All right. <laughs> all right, you, Matt. All right, let's go. All right, so I have... The Arizona Cardinals walking into the black hole and not coming out. Oakland gets their oh, first win wow. of the year. Wow, right. Kelly. Christian, you got to keep this up. No, We're on a roll. This is not as risky as the other picks. Um, I'm going with New Orleans over Detroit in yeah. Detroit. Boo, whatever, yeah, man. I know. In Same. the back. Going with Miami over Chicago. All right, I like it. Matty Ice, hot Lana over Baltimore. All right, all right. I like it. Ooh, the Matt Ryan, Joe Flacco came out in the same draft. I like it. Well, guys, this was a... Uh, this is a lot of fun, Matt. I, I had a really fun time, guys. I really did. And I'm not lying at all. <laughs> no, really. I seriously had a good time. All right. All right. I'm glad you did. Mm-hmm. That was our week seven edition of NFL Friday. Uh, a, lot of, a lot of good stuff. We've got the two beat reporters in the house today, Kelly Coltis and Christian O'Hara. We're Anthony Pusick back there along with our producer today, Brendan Bowers. I'm Matt Morrow. Hey, everybody. Go enjoy watching some football this week, huh? This has been one-on-one's NFL Friday, only on WFUVsports.org. Join us next week as we take you around the NFL. We'll see you then.